everybody, and hello, humans. Welcome to the Not A Robot DC Comics Review Show. We review comics each and every week from DC. Visit campsite.bio forward slash not a robot to find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And come by patreon.com forward slash not a robot for early access to shows and additional content. You can get in there for as little as a dollar a month. My name is Josh, and with me, as always, is Anthony. What up, everybody? How you guys doing this week? And uh, this week, we'll be reviewing Batman 99, Catwoman 25, Justice League 53, Teen Titans 45, Metal Men 10, and Detective Comics 1027. So, wow, what a week of comics. Not very many magazines come up yeah. this week, but we got a couple of big ones. Uh, 144 oh, yeah. pages, 145 pages for Detective Comics. Um, Catwoman Bigger than the was, thousand. Yeah, cat, cat, yeah, and Catwoman was uh, Catwoman was oversized as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, lots, lots of reading. Um, and you had a, um, we had a Death Metal tie-in. We had Joker War. Yep. Issue, just some big, heavy books we had this week. And the beginning of the end of the Metalman story arc as well. Mm-hmm. That's Whew. that's something, yeah. Well, I mean, some decent, decent, yeah, books that books that definitely should have been really good. Um, should have made me happy through <laughs> my week. My week has my week has sucked. I don't know how yours has gone, man, but um, it was pretty so, good. Stayed on, stayed at the resort a little bit, relaxed. The, oh yeah, nice little staycation at Disney. Right on. That was nice. You and you and you and the girlfriend, you and the wife. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right on. Oh, nice little staycation. It was like hot tub every day. Hot tub. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I was gonna ask you that. <laughs> hot tub. The sun came back to reality. I was like, no, take me back. Right. <laughs> I wish that's where I was at. Um, instead, we're selling our house, so um, there's a lot, a lot. It's a big long story involved, but uh, there's a lot to do in house. So I've been. Remodeling. I mean, nobody here listening can can see me, but you can see I got paint all over my clothes and everything. We've been going crazy because the open house is on Sunday. So, oh, coming up soon. Yeah, had to had some extra work hours involved, and um, <laughs> did not not enough time to put into the house. So I've been working a little late and getting up a little early. Uh, and then on top of that, my wife's brand new computer just decided to die. Very like uh-uh. almost almost brand new. Of course, it's not in warranty anymore. Um, so there's that. Yay! Don't know where I'm gonna come up with the money for that one, but oh, that always happens. As soon as the warranty runs out, that's when it just dies. Exactly. And uh, we've got to get her one because she's a writer for. I mean, that's what she does as mm-hmm. uh, for a living. Is she writes. Um, uh, she does internet articles, you know, other other blog writers and whatnot buy them from her and put them on their website. So she definitely needs to have a computer. Um, oh, time so, now, nowadays too. So that's how my week has been. Um, I suppose we can get ahead and uh, go on to the reviews now. We're going to start things off with Batman 99 priced at three ninety nine. Written by James Tynan IV, art by Jorge Jimenez and Tomu Mori, with letters by Clayton Cowles. Things have changed as Batman realizes he can't fight this war alone. He's going to need help. Before he faces down the Joker, he must call up his trusty partner, Dick Grayson, 
but can Dick reclaim his lost memories in time to join the battle? Well, um, he's he's already done that for for the for the most part. I mean, <laughs> yeah, from we got classic show and that yeah, thing. that that you know that's that's not a mystery whatsoever. Um, he's he's already back to being to being you know Dick and reclaiming yeah. his lost memories. Uh, so that's a bit uh, crazy. Um, first and foremost, uh, I, I find me. Find me a page in this book that isn't outright gorgeous. Oh, um, God, that was beautiful. That, especially that page with um, count with um, clown hunter carrying a one of the henchmen. Just a nice one. I wish there was a splash oh, page. That yeah. gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. And then the following one where the Joker face is overlaid on the on oh, the that's nice. City going crazy. You see all um, the henchmen as well with all gorgeous. Yep. the way that he draws Joker walking and shooting. I mean, it's just it the the art in the entire issue, start to finish, is some of the best I've seen in a very long time, even out of um, Jimenez, and uh, it all made me super happy. It made me really super happy. Um, there were a couple of corny parts, but altogether, <laughs> altogether, I enjoyed it. I let I let everybody already, you know, uh, on Twitter. I let everybody know if you're following us um, at Not a Robot Show, and uh, uh, and you can follow Anthony at at Walt Gator ninety three. Um, but I uh, I did a preview of my rating, and that was an eight point five that I gave this. Um, so it's not a secret. I did enjoy the issue quite a bit. We'll go ahead and start it off. Uh, it starts off with the Joker. Um, he's in uh, Gotham Midtown, and he's walking to a stretched Hummer that's been Jokerized, made especially to his specifications. It looks like it has a dome on the top of it that projects his laughing face. <laughs> it's got ha 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 written all over it. The inside is covered in I'm I'm not sure if that's supposed to be red oh, fur red uh, it looks like red leather or red vinyl and and yeah that's what that is. It's like a red leather and then the then it's got his grin up. I mean they went all out jokerizing this stuff. It was oh they did, down. They did a great job. Um it shows us Clown Hunter. He's still out there and he's active. Um uh, and Joker's sitting here talking smack about Batman. See, I wish we got more of him in this uh, show. More of... We didn't get um, Clown Hunter. More of Clown Hunter? I have a feeling that Clown Hunter is in the background now, and we're yep. seeing him so much now because he's going to come to the forefront. So you think that he's still going to be around post-Joker War? Uh, yeah, 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 I, I do. I, so. I think, I think he, he may even be the most prominent villain. I think he may be the villain of post-Joker War. Like, he may be the next person that Batman has to deal with. And um, I think I mentioned it to you before that I heard a rumor that it was actually Harper Rose's brother, Colin. I can see that a little bit. Yeah. If so, hopefully that means that we get... um. Oh, what was her name? Um, Blue, Blue something. 
think, yeah, Blue, but hopefully we get her back in the book too. Harper, oh yeah, that would be cool. I I enjoyed her. She was supposed to be a different, you know, not a Robin. That was the first signal, as far as I'm concerned. And unfortunately, they just they created her. I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her yeah. storyline. Um, and then they just kind of just let her fade away into the background. I would really, I mean, with the way that they are writing Batman, like pretty much across the entire DC universe, um, with the way that they're writing Batman as recognizing that he needs to be more of a team player and, and that it's, you know, this isn't something that we're just seeing in one writer's thing. So we're, we're seeing this in every single book he's in. And let's be honest, Batman is in a lot of books. Um, so we're seeing this, this characteristic of him in, in a lot of different arcs all through the universe. So I have a feeling that this is a direction. This is the direction that we're going to have Batman going to after the first of the year, whenever, whatever it is that's happening, the, the not reboot reboot. <laughs> um, oh, hopefully um, so. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I think that we're going to see a more bat family centric book. And I would love that because I really, I enjoyed the hell out of Batman. I, and when we were doing the whole bat family thing and, and, um, there was a lot more interaction between everybody. I really enjoyed it because I missed those times where there were team ups and, and, you know, everybody wasn't just off doing their own separate thing. Not that, not that the characters can't stand on their own. Yeah. And really ultimately that depends on who's writing them. Hmm, but, true. but, uh, I mean, I, it's the bat family. They should be together, you know, and, and, the fact that I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot of people that we could include in this if we're drawing it all together, and to see it all put together and head in that direction, and hopefully that's that's what we're going to be getting out of the Batman and Detective books, and hopefully we'll be you know in the in the Nightwing book. I hope hopefully we'll be seeing you know um, cohesiveness between mm. the titles, you know, um, so that if 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 for example, if Nightwing is in the Batman book doing something with batman then and he also has a book that comes out that month then that book should tie into whatever the hell it is that would be that's nice going in on in that batman book oh he's like mentions it something yes i mean a completely acknowledges it you know uh, that that happened you know either either saying this happened beforehand or or this issue happens immediately after it, whatever the case be, I mean, tie it in, make it nice. There's no reason not to do that. That's one thing that I did. I hate about Tom King's run was after volume two or volume three, we didn't get any much of the Bat Family feel, not one bit. But this issue alone shows that I think um, James Tennant he plans to bring that Bat Family together. Especially, you do see them all together in this issue. You see more than you ever seen together as one. Yeah. And granted they they're they're all they're all posing in a poster like form. There's a lot of like snapshot worthy art. Um but it's it's man, it really, really is. And we got that hood, Dick Grayson, Signal, Orphan, Spoiler, Batgirl, Red Robin. And, and 
And I really agree. Yeah, unfortunately, yes, we do. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised that we don't see more here. Um, Damien, I wouldn't expect. Especially but, after Teen Titans. Yes, it makes sense why he's not there. Yeah, but, um, I mean, Catwoman? Where the, where the hell is Catwoman? Um, I wonder if um, this week's issue of Catwoman might tie into it with her, like, um, taking back the money. Uh, she is off doing, yeah, she is off doing yeah. her own thing. But, um, I mean, this is where Batman is, like, telling everybody that he trusts them. That's kind of Catwoman's whole problem right now. It probably would have been nice if she would have been on the rooftop, you know. It's, I'm just saying it's something she probably would have liked to hear. Um, but in any case, so, I mean, they are. They're up there on the rooftop, and Batman is saying that, you know, he's got to trust them. The Joker, uh, he, he's got to be better. And um, the Joker is using everything he's built to lay the city to waste. So he knows he's got to rely on his team. And he says that he, he trusts that they're going to do it. Um, on the next page, it was like the first time we really get voices out of everybody. And to be honest, I'm not a big fan of everybody's voice. Um, other than Harley. Harley's written right. Yeah. But that's not hard to write as long as you write something sarcastic and loud. You're good. I do love how she does point poke fun of Tim Drake's old name Drake by calling him Duck Boy. I I dude I I did laugh at that. Um I did laugh at that. That was that was great. <laughs> um but uh Dick doesn't sound like Dick and and Tim doesn't sound like Tim. And you know I would I would prefer that they definitely did. Uh Babs is you know Babs is about right where she needs to be. Um we see Batman finally give his correct costume to Nightwing. And, Which is uh, just weird how he brought it out of his cape. That's that's why I want my only quiver with this issue, which is how he just comes out of the cape. He's like, uh, oh, you haven't seen your cape? Oh, okay. <laughs> he's, uh, um, yeah, he says, I grabbed this from one of the micro caves in Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> I mean, we knew that he had micro caves in Wayne Enterprises from when him and Batwoman raided it, right? Or the issue before that, I think. But um, he had uh, those certain little micro caves, and that's where Punchline found his his uh, the 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 bat suit that Arthur that uh, Alfred designed. Yeah, you know what I mean. That was in one of the micro caves, so. I mean, I guess they're just relying on that as an out to say, well, that's where this came from because I don't have access to anything else. But I'm just so weird how, like, how in Nightwing, and then from here, just like, I just wish it like done a little bit better. Like, maybe someone else brought to him, like Barbara. Hey, I swung by this place to pick this up, or not? Someone who is not in, uh Nightwing's issue. So come like signal, spoiler. Um Well, listen. we do have to take into consideration that back when um back shortly after Dick turned it into Rick, 
he went and um got rid of all of his nightwing places right and it was just that one that the cops happened to find where we got the nightwings for a little bit yeah the nightwing squad i'm yeah. curious to see what they're gonna do with them too I mean, I'm I'm gonna imagine that they're just gonna get left behind. That's what I'm assuming. Um, uh, speaking of Catwoman not being on that rooftop, uh, she does appear in the comics. She's there with Riddler and Penguin, and she is going over the plan for getting the money back—the money that was stolen from Bruce Wayne—and she's promised it to the Riddler and the Penguin if. They help her um, steal the money back. So that's what they're doing. And um, the, do you we, think see um, them, Ning- we see them walking into the building. Go ahead. Do you think like Ningo's costume? Like, I feel like I've seen that in one of the m- movies. His the, the, the way that he's being drawn here. Yeah, like with his own costume too. That's like, I feel like the, I've seen that in like, one of the movies. That's like the Jim Carrey movie. Gotcha. Thank you. That's the one I was like, what? Yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely Jim Carrey-ish, and not my favorite way to depict Riddler by any stretch. But have you I seen him Gotham? The I'm TV sorry? show. Have you seen him Gotham? The TV show. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, that was pretty cool. I like the handle Riddler was nice. I like the um, I like the suit wearing uh, Riddler style you know regardless of what that looks like as long as it's not too over the top like this one is um what about the uh, the beginning of rebirth with the um the the hannah bob um no the, i'm not a big the, fan uh, of the buff down <laughs> no no we I, riddler on steroids was it, he's not supposed to be roided out i mean that's ridiculous he doesn't look right when he's like that um, no roided out. He's supposed to be skinny. He could be in shape. He's he's just not supposed to be. You know, I mean, well, so weird seeing him, right? I mean, it, very weird seeing. Um, but we do only see him on the one page. We go on, and Batman has gone on to Ace Chemicals to tr- take on the Joker. Um, th- this is shown in two amazing single splash panels back to back. Batman descending on the Ace Chemicals and then um, a shot of him walking toward Ace Chemicals and both are both are absolutely gorgeous. If I was if I was rating this on art alone, um, I would be giving this a 10. Like when that second page with him, you see him in the, the face front view, man, that's just, as I said, that's like a wallpaper material. It's just gorgeous. I'll buy that in a heartbeat. And that page, and also the page before that, I can see that being like a loading screen. Just how things all play played out. Oh yeah, so like one sure. of the Batman video games. Man, they're all just gorgeous on that. Absolutely. And then, um, you know, while he's walking up to Ace Chemicals, <laughs> Harley Quinn decides that she is gonna shoot him, and that's exactly what he does. She she flesh wounds him, just ticks his arm just a tiny bit, and. uh he says, damn it, Harley. And um, they fight about whether or not they should kill Joker. Batman, of course, is saying that's not the option. And, um, and uh, you know, of course, Batman is saying no. Harley says, then you stop me now. You put me down hard. You make sure I won't get back up and finish the job myself. 
this can't be like all the other times that story this story needs to change it needs an ending and he doesn't say anything he just turns and walks away from her walks into the building and says joker it's over then unfortunately that's he's not met with the joker he's met with a designer toxin um controlled alfred and i mean they don't bring him back to that i'm sorry i hope that they don't bring him back like like this somehow like like reverse engineer what he did and now bam alfred's alive yeah that would oh god i i would hope not because i mean he definitely doesn't look the best and i mean he's had his neck broken twice now um <laughs> so i don't think i don't think he'd look normal very much and everybody already knows but and be, besides that i mean i just i it i mean seeing i did i wasn't expecting there to be an alfred there oh no that, that yeah. caught that that shit caught me off guard you know, and I, <laughs> I was like, whoa, no way, because now he's not hallucinating. Yeah, I thought this was at first. I was like, oh, is he still hallucinating? Nope. Yeah, it's like, Bang. No, no, he's Next not. Next snap. Yeah, and then, you know, he, he walks into that and then seeing Alfred's next snap. He didn't see it the first time, but now we got to. And um, see it snap for real this time, not not just in a hallucination. Um, So this whole time that all of this has been going on with with the bat family um way back in the beginning of the issue we opened up to the joker in that custom ride where he was going through ace chemicals shooting everybody and and cleaning up the place for their latest transaction it definitely um, had a like the dark knights movie uh, like a vibe to it like as it, he's killing all the henchmen yeah 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 and um that's the kind of joker that i like is the joker that does that you know, mm-hmm. um, he just, uh, he manages to pay his guys well, or he gets submission through fear, one of the two. Um, either play on it, I enjoy, but I like the Joker that every huntsman is disposable. Um, oh yeah. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite Joker jokes is that, is that he always gets his henchmen's names wrong. I, <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. And, but he, and it's like he legitimately is trying to get their name right. He thinks he knows what, what their name is and he's wrong, like every time. I would love to see more of that. But um so he well, he's walking through the thing and he's uh shooting all the people and he's talking to Punchline and um Punchline says no well, everything or he tells Punchline that everything is going according to plan and that he's not worried about anything. Um he knows exactly where Batman's going to be and what he's going to do next and he just needs to put on his new suit. Um we get to the last page of the issue. And we see that his new suit is a jokerized version of the suit that Alfred made for him. And it has a big joker smile across the lighted up, lit up, excuse me, um, bat sign. And I mean, it, it definitely, it's got ha 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 written all over the place. It, it looks like a joker version of the Batman of Zeranar or something. Um, Looks weird. I've seen it on BVS. BVS Batman versus Superman. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah, ha 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 looks just like the ha 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 from that movie from the about the you know, Robin's um costume oh, when yeah, it was on I the mean, side going down. Yep. That yeah, took some yeah, of that. But I mean, I like it. I think it looks cool. I'm a fan of the ha ha ha. You know. Oh yeah. Um, it works for the Joker. 
just like that the the red smile does um so uh batman walks in further and joker's wearing that suit and he's got a gun pointed at him joker says see bruce i promise you're not ready for this at all next 100 punches 100 laughs 100 deadly moments next month joker war reaches its bloody conclusion and batman number 100 i of course i already told everybody i give this a final score of 8.5 out of 10 i loved it and it was great um it, it it I I I wish there would have been truer uh, character voices. Um, it was, it was just it was a convenient plot thing that he yeah he pulled that Nightwing suit out of the micro cave, you know, and um, I don't know if it was just me, but punchline is coming across as a little a, a little whiny. In this issue, and I'm not used to that. I'm used to seeing her as, you know, um, in charge. You know, like she's very confident, and that's not what I was getting out of her this issue, and and kind of out of the last time we saw her as well. I think now we see like her true shadows. Once we realize, like, once we see her lose, we're gonna see her true personality. Like how bad can she be once she realizes she's like she like she's not winning? What's she gonna do next? That's a good question. I suppose we'll find out. What did you give this one? I give this one a nine out of ten. I love this issue. I don't always reread an issue within a week with all the weekly issues I read, with all the trades I read on um the DC Universe app, Hoopla, Marvel Limited, so I don't always reread. But I read this bad boy twice this week already within like a couple of days. Like I loved it that much. It was a great, as we said, the art is phenomenal. So many pages I could just like want them to be comped for wallpaper material, but just gorgeous. Well, uh, it like I said, this is this is Jorge Jimenez at his absolute best, guys. Um, check it out. And plus, we're getting a taste of the back end when coming together. Something that we have not seen in a long time. We finally get the Bat family, well, majority of the Bat family together on one page. This isn't a Detective Comics, like a anthology issue or a Elseworld issue. No, this is a continuity of them on a rooftop. Yep. We have not had that in a long time. No, we haven't. Um, we have not. And, uh, it is, it's really nice to see them come together. The missing person, of course, being Catwoman, <laughs> which leads us to Catwoman number 25. It is, uh, titled on the cover, Joker Water Collateral Damage. And, um, I honestly don't know if one or both of them are supposed to tie to the Joker War in any way. I think but, just the uh, first one, the last two, not much. It just it 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 doesn't. I guess we'll go ahead and and we'll, we'll let you guys decide where that lands. But uh, in any case, Catwoman number twenty five, priced at five ninety nine, written by Ram V, art by Fernando Blanco, John Paul Leon, Juan Fiera, FCO Placencia, Laura Allred, and Joel Jones, with letters by Tom Malpalatano, 
Catwoman returns to Gotham City to get even with the people who stole her plans and used them against Batman. And if you're the if you're the Riddler or the Penguin, you better watch your back because Catwoman is coming to claim what she deserves, and that's everything. With two bonus tales, one a story about Catwoman going back to her home turf of Alleytown to start her empire, and another about a cat trying to intervene in a conflict of cat versus woman. And um, so that's what we've got. We've got them three stories in here. Um, the first one, I guess, is uh, we 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 started out. It's uh, titled Duende. And how you pronounce it? Duende. Duende, I believe. And um, it's 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 the 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 what do you call this? Uh, sepia toned artwork here. Is pretty cool. We got two pages of it. Um, some audience, a guitar, uh, Selena performing, and a tiger. And it all looks beautiful. I mean, um, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. I would, I would, I would be interested in seeing an artist, a, a, a comic book drawn completely like this by these guys. Um, so if you're listening, uh, Blanco and Placencia, you guys definitely need to spit that out for me, okay? Um, but it's, it's her giving herself a pep talk about how she's done it a million times before and she's breaking in. Uh, she's, she's breaking into the place. This is where, uh, she's breaking into, I can't remember the name of the firm, but it's the underbroker's office where, uh, she can get access to Bruce Wayne's stolen money. So she's got Penguin and Riddler helping her out, and she's sliding and twisting and jumping through laser grids. And he's out in the out in a van, um, monitoring and manipulating and hacking from the outside, um, telling her where everybody's at. You know, she can handle herself. She gets into the server room, and she patches into the terminal there, and. Then we turn the page and and uh, the penguin is out there and he is being written to show that now he has a problem talking right because of his throat being slit. He has yeah. like this cough and gurgle and he he uh, can't talk right when you can tell. Even though also the Batman, um, the Joker War event, he's been talking quite a bit. Whenever he's been in the issue, he's been talking quite a bit. Yeah. Which is kind of odd. But I mean, I, I appreciate that. That there's, there's, uh, that, see, that's what I want in comics. I want, I want a yeah. lasting consequence. You know what I mean? They mention it too. Yeah. They mentioned something that happened. This was 88 and this, we got 99, which was like, I don't know how long that was. Like six, six months ago, so give it to Is this uh, something like or? It's eleven issues ago. Yeah, so about almost six months, I believe. Because is Batman? Um, no, Batman's a monthly, isn't it? Nah, okay. is it really? It means that this took place over a year ago. Almost a year. I can't keep track anymore. Yeah, no, I can't. They they change on quite a bit. Just take, just take my poll and take my money. Give me my poll and take my money. Um, so, uh, so Penguin is up on the rooftop and he is telling one of his 
uh, Mohawk Jason looking buddies that uh, it looks like a movie inspired version of the Sportsmaster and uh, <laughs> tells tells him to open up fire. They've got a minigun and a rocket launcher up on the top of that roof there and they are going to open up fire on the clowns as a distraction. So that's that's Penguin's part of the game. There's an explosion on the next page and a close-up of Penguin and from his back as well. And that, again, great art throughout. Um, next page is them all uh, hacking through, you know, hacking into the system. And and uh, she's she's in. She's got the controls and she, she realizes, okay, she's, she's at the moment where she's practiced before she's got to make these she's got to make these um decisions and push herself through things that she doesn't might might not want to do uh, but um we get more of that sepia tone dart man and yeah. i mean i can't get enough of this this is i mean are there any other books that are drawn like this? Somebody, somebody, let me know if there are other books that are drawn like this because I feel like they have some in the indie category that be drawn mean, by this. Like at least a couple. Roll my way. I will be more than happy to take a look if anybody can point me in the right direction. But um, like just how her face is drawn, just a powerful like feeling you get from looking at her face, like her being serious, her badassery. Plus that picture of the crowd for it just show like how much she despises them just by how they were drawn, the shades uh, that they use of color. Just man, nice and emotion. done. Yep. And then okay, so she's pushed herself through it. She's pulled the USB drive out. She has disconnected Riddler's access from hacking. So she is um, informing them at that point that there's been a change of plan, and. Um, she has to escape. All the guys that are there, of course, are not exactly her friends. She's got to fight her <laughs> way out of quite a few dudes there. And uh, Riddler's losing his shit in the in the security van, in the surveillance van that he was working in. And um, didn't go exactly as he was hoping, apparently. Um, uh, but the Penguin was a little bit smarter than the Riddler, and he was waiting for her. Uh, they scoured the place for exits that uh, she may have left off, just in case. Uh, so he shoots her, and um, he shoots her to wound her and tells Carlton, the Mohawk's brute from before, to go mess her up. And this guy comes up and smacks into Cobblepot and and his buddy and uh it's Detective Hadley from from the uh island that she was just at and um uh, uh Via Hormosa is the name of that island. Oh and, yeah. I remember when I first started reading this um book like when it first came out I think wait, was he in the beginning of the story too? All the way in the first issue with Catwoman? Yeah, I, 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 he's been involved with her before. I think it's it may have been more recently than issue one, but I mean it could have also been that. Um, but the uh, the again, I just I every time they flip back to that that whatever tone that is, um, 
I, I absolutely love it. And the regular art is gorgeous too. I do like that. Um, I like the way they're drawing her. So the cop is there and he's explaining that uh, that uh, after he after he flubbed the Catwoman investigation, they wouldn't let him anywhere near mail fraud. So he's, you know, he's followed her here and um, I'm going to say that his motives are still unclear, so mm-hmm. we don't know where this guy's coming from again. And uh, then we have Catwoman over there. Uh, she's dressed up as a limo driver, and she's picking up Lucius Fox. And we find out that that is where Lucius Fox was at before Batgirl, um, where he went to visit Babs, and he helped Luke. her. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm not Lucius. Or, or, I said Luke, Lucius. Yeah, yeah Luke. I'm sorry. Um, it's Luke Fox, and he goes to help Batgirl. Um, so this was before that. So this is, these are things that happened about a month ago. Um, yeah, it's it's only been a month, right? Since Batgirl got, since that happened, since her little uh, tie into Joker War. I think so, because the next yeah. issue comes out next week. So I think it was a month yeah. ago. All right. Yeah. So, she only had um, two tie-ins, I believe. So he's on her way to go do that, but uh, she, but she, she's recruiting uh, Luke here to take the money and distribute it as it's supposed to be. Um, it's there's a large sum of money that's sitting in his father's name in a Grand Cayman account, and um, you know all the details are on the USB drive. Uh, she said everything that's extra that isn't from the Wayne portion, um, he wants to give back to Gotham's low income population. And uh that's because she didn't just steal back Wayne's money, um, she also stole all the criminals' money that was tied in along with it. <laughs> so that's so that that's a whole lot of money. So she's oh, yeah. doing she's doing real good. Um and she feels comfortable because she pulled off the the dangerous, and I mean, admitted it. Yeah, that 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 could have gone very horribly wrong. <laughs> but uh, and then we get a final shot of her with the tiger, you know, bowing. Um, the art in that story was pretty darn good. I liked how they kind of linked all of this to everything. Um, it wasn't. It kind of wasn't a necessary issue, but since she's got her own issue, um, you might as well make the story out of it. And it was done well. Um, I mean, the the first page was barely a full issue. It was closer to like a digital first length, maybe 20. Yeah. But I mean, it was a good story. Uh, it was written well. The art was well. It was done well. So I liked the first story out of the book. Um, the next story returned to Alley Town. Is uh, fun, now, what you said that would be a must read for Joker War because it was a tie in. Would you like say that if you're reading Joker War, you, you should go if, pick up this? If you're somebody who's about details, then yeah, because you're not you're gonna wonder, okay, how did the money come back? How did Joker lose access to the money? Where's the money now? Um, because I mean, he's a billionaire, right? That's a that's a lot of money. Um, for a joker so or for Batman? Well, for anybody. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, so I'm I'm saying so if you're if you're already a fan and you're one that likes details, then yeah, I mean I would I would read this book or read this 
this portion in any case. It tied in, it tied in a couple of different things really nicely. The art was enjoyable. It was, it was, it was a good read. But the um, you think we could get um, Batwing in the main in the main book soon? Now that he like he's been introduced a little bit more in the Batgirl and this issue because that's uh, two drug war tie-ins that he was involved in. It is, and um, I don't really know. <laughs> um. I I hope so. I would like to see. Well, you know, I mean, as long as they can craft the story so that it makes sense, you know, and like he's not leaving behind some area, you know, wherever it was that he was at last. Because I I honestly can't remember. It's been such a long time since uh that since we've seen him, you know. Yeah. That I can't remember what it was that he was doing last. I know he was in Batgirl for one issue. Other than that, he oh, was yeah. in uh, Detective Comics. Like back in um, James Tynion was on the book with Batwoman and Azrael, I believe. Really? Yeah. They, yeah. I think those three were like they disbanded from Batman after they didn't like how he was doing things, and they were just like the three of them were just like walking to together. That must have been. A little while ago, not my old memory. Yeah, like nine seventy something, I think. Or not, yeah. Well, all right. So we get into the second story here, and that's Return to Alley Town. This one's drawn by John Pollyon, and um, it's got a different blocky art style to it. I don't hate it. It's done well. It's not careless, and. Um, I mean, I like it. It's it's not typically my style of art that I would enjoy, but it's it's done in such a way that I do I do like it. Um, the story is basically Catwoman is going back to Alley Town, and she dresses up to the nines and carries an expensive bag and looks expensive as hell to call out the thieves that might try and come and get her. Um, that of course <laughs> happens. She turns down an alleyway, and of course, there's somebody there waiting with a gun because these thieves roll in packs. Um, she lets them take the stuff, and uh, she follows them. She whips them, pulls them up, langs them by a fire escape <laughs> with with her cat whip, and starts to lecture them. Um, she takes the gun and she walks off. She takes all of her stuff back. Uh, the next page we see the nest and that's also in Alley Town. That's the hideout and we find out that it's also the um, it, it was the former headquarters for Mama Fortuna and uh, she ran the whole operation of running Alley Town from way up on the street and she said that she bought the nest and she's running Alley Town now. That's pretty much the end of the story. Um, she's recruiting these kids to be thieves underneath her, and she's going to teach them how to be the best. And uh, Catwoman's in charge of all the thievery and in in Alley Town, and that's the end of the story. It'd be very interesting to see where that takes place, like, like what happens, like in the going forward in her book, like. Yeah, I see that's what does I'm this curious. do for her character? Is it is was this just a one off? 
was this something or or was this something because it could have been or was this something that's going to continue and we are going to see in the book i'm i'm really curious about that um and this book is still not canceled too say again this book is still not canceled well this book's still going on for a while good i mean i i I, it's had it's had it's had its crazy moments but i've enjoyed it so far i've i for some reason, I've always enjoyed the Catwoman books. Um, uh, one of my favorite uh, trades that I've read when I was when I was young was My Sister's Keeper, and that was a Catwoman trade, and that was that was a very good book. Um, the the last story in Catwoman number twenty five is Cat versus Woman, and it is the whole thing is narration from start to finish. Um, with very few exceptions of Selena speaking, and the narration is from the cat. It's it's um it's drawn beautifully. Uh, we uh we see Selena Kyle in all the different uh parts of her day. She's sleeping. She's working out. She's taking a shower. She's donating books she's doing this he's doing that she flies out as Catwoman, and we continue to see the narration and she's talking about uh the, the cat is is talking all these very poetically describing um who Catwoman is and uh cat returns and she goes out on her deal she gets a diamond she returns and the cat is sitting up at the top and waiting and um at the end of it uh, <laughs> the cat is digging her her head into uh dressing herself up with some jewelry and the necklaces she got going on we see that this is indeed the uh the the perfect cat for catwoman with these last couple of pages because <laughs> uh the cat's very defensive. I mean, some of the last panels read, she doesn't seem to understand. She thinks I'm locked in here with her. She opens the window. She takes me for a fool, no doubt. And now she looks for some fiendish instrument of pain. Well, I'm not going down without a... Oh, oh, she's quite crafty, this one. Well played, woman. Well played. <laughs> As Catwoman sits down a saucer of milk. And it was that was pretty cool. But we do, um, it does say next, the Queen of Valley Town. So I guess that does, um, solve that mystery, uh, as to whether or not they're going to continue this. I'm just, I, I guess we're just going to completely, because Batman's whole thing is she has to give up being a criminal, right? Yeah. So I guess she's completely abandoning that. I guess she has decided who she is. Um, which kind of bums me out because, okay, for one, it, well, it doesn't bum me out so much. It, it's a double edged sword, is, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, that means that we don't have to rely on the Bat Cat book to be canon. So Tom, Tom King's crap can just be Tom King's crap. Um, that's cool. I love that because I didn't like what he did with Batman before and. Same. And I, I see no reason to let him come back and potentially mess it up worse. 
Um, I, I would, th- that said, I would love to see Batman and Catwoman get together. I just don't want it. I don't, I do not want Tom King doing it. Um, it's, I, I, you know, I just, the, the idea of the, I mean, I could see, a, I could see the, the end of the bat, the Batman Catwoman book. And they're like, where did we get married? Was it on the boat? No, it was, it was at the church. Oh, no it, oh yeah. I mean, it's come mm-hmm. on. Um, so I'm not, I'm not digging that at all. I did dig this though. I am going to give, I love, I love the art that there was three stories. They weren't too long. Um, quick reads too. Quick reads. Uh, they, um, they, they were quick reads. I feel like, uh, there were, there were probably some other things that they could have drawn, um, Catwoman doing besides walking around half naked. I mean, they have her in the, in the bed half naked. She's out on the balcony stretching half naked. She's taking a shower. She's in the towel half naked. And then she's full on Catwoman. I mean, there, there's other ways to draw her. I'm just saying, but all in all, I think that the whole book, all what roughly 40 pages of it, I yeah. think it was all done real good. I enjoyed the hell out of them. I'm going to give this a 7.5. I'm going to give this like a 7.75. I feel like it's Ooh. not quite an eight, but it's almost there. Um, so yeah, like a seven and three quarter, man, out of 10. I enjoyed it. And, and I, I think for the quality of the artwork and the quality of the story, I think it was worth the six dollars. For the first story I've got, I enjoyed the artwork that like, uh, what'd you call the artwork with the, um, the black, white, and orange type of artwork? Um, what was that called? Uh, I, I, oh, geez. Um, cause that was just beautifully done. How that was done. Sepia, sepia toned. The sep- I believe that's what that's called. Yes. So that one I enjoyed. Wasn't a very big fan of what the other artwork was and the story itself. It just didn't do anything for me at all. Like the other tie-ins to the Batman, um, the Joker War, they actually did something for me. That one did not. However, the last two, the last two stories, enjoy the artwork, enjoy the stories. And I'm curious to see where we see her next, both with the kids and with the cat. Cause I want her to keep that cat. I want the cat to be a recurring character. Um, I'm, I'm gonna give this one. I do too. I, I, I do too, for, by the way. I, I love the cat. I want to see more narrations from the cat. Yes. Even if they're quick little deals, like a silent little deck star that works for Catwoman. That's when, you know. <laughs> At least by the end of next story arc for Catwoman, I want the cat to have like a legit name. Because that would yes, be nice. That would be cool. I guess it's a 7.5 out of 10. Well, okay then. And then we're going to go ahead and head on to. Justice League number 53, uh, the Dark Knight's death metal tie-in, Enter the Metalverse, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Zermanico, Romulo Friardo Jr., David Stewart, Liam Sharp, with letters by Tom Napolitano. Nightwing's on a mission to free the Legion of Doom from perpetuous clutches, but to do so, he'll need the help of none other than Lex Luthor. The surprises are only just beginning as Nightwing, Lex, and a new Justice League must fight their way through an Earth twisted by the dark multiverse. 
Titans will be tested, hearts will be broken, and blood will be spilled. Um, so why? Okay, so let me, nightly, let, I guess. let me let me bring this. I'm I'm gonna run through this real quick to give you guys an overview of what this is. Um, we get uh, who I'm assuming is supposed to be Dick Grayson as Robin. Um, we see him trailing the Batman and um, not getting caught, which we know that that's not going to happen, especially if he's going into the Hall of Justice. Batman would know if somebody rode on underneath his car on the way there. Um, not that there's a whole lot of clearance underneath the Batmobile. Um, then they depict everyone in the Justice League, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Marshall Man, Hunter, Aquaman, The Flash, with Batman's crest in this big circle depicted in the middle as though he's the center and he's never been the center of the justice league and if i'm mistaken um then that storyline probably should have never existed he's not exactly who i would go to for being the center of anything um other than the bat family but uh he's a little too gruff to be called uh, you know the hope and keep the keep the head on straight for all of the members of the justice league he's he shouldn't be at the center of it um, yeah. so this is officially called Doom Metal, and we start off with a metal version, um, of, uh, Comet, the DC horse that was originally, uh, Supergirls, that was originally a guy, that was originally a centaur, that was, anyway, Comet's got quite a backstory, guys. Um, and Nightwing is here with a robot version of it, and, um, we have a bunch of zombie creepers with a bunch of spawned, um, like zombie Gundy, Solomon, Solomon Grundies. Yeah. And, uh, the creepers are all riding all the Grundies. And Bobo the chimp is fighting Moloff. And Nightwing shows up with some, um, so here, here's where, here's where the big, beginning of my problems are and it's not with the robotic horse that came out of <laughs> fucking nowhere um it just casually explained as, as a gift from wonder woman forged in the fires of themiscara it's the fastest horse in the world it's a good thing we've got plenty of backstory on this robot horse i'm just kidding we don't it's a bunch of bullshit it, it that's a little aggravating but not so much as will someone tell me why Nightwing's dressed that way? Because the last time we saw him getting saved after so much time in the Death Metal universe happened, um, him and all of the good guys came out of a prison looking like... Smiling, you know, creepy. Yeah, but looking normal. They all had their regular uniforms on. They all had regular everything on. And now we have savage cat hawk girl and 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 uh barbarian nightwing and it just well, looks so really the wings weird too the wings look like extra like white they do look extra white um they're drawn with a lot of blue in them to highlight that white i think um so i'm not exactly sure what's going on with all of that but so we got a few pages of Hot Girl and Nightwing kicking the hell out of all of the Creepers and Grundies. And um Bobo isn't interested in teaming up, but they they persist. So finally, that's exactly what happens. 
Um, Bobo agrees to join them. They go to the Hall of Justice. Uh, apparently, for some reason, Nightwing had no idea what happened. I mean, he was rescued with the 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 rest of the heroes. He um he was there during the meeting where they delved out the plan, where Wonder Woman laid out the plan of how they were going to take the world back. I mean, you would pretty much think that he was caught up on, you know, current events. Yeah. But for whatever reason, we need to throw in here what happened. Um, oh, yeah. So I pulled up the page of um, of Death Metal 3. And wow, it was like a huge difference. It's like, And uh, looks? I get that's a different artist, but at least keep the hair a little bit similar, keep, like, the suit, like, how did he go from his blue costume to this savage, male-type costume? And, I mean... Even his hair grew, like, his hair is, like, half cut, half now, like, did you go to a barber and did this take place, like, months ago? Because your hair is longer now, like, it should be. Yeah. I don't know, man. And and normally I'm I'm a fan of Zermanico's art and and Romulo Fiardo, but uh, it uh, it's just it's not landing for me now. Uh, in any case, so Bobo's walking in, and uh, who's there but none other than um, Lex Luthor? That's who is also on Bobo's. As you can imagine, Hot Girl's not too happy to see him, but he's like, Look, I realized what happened. I messed up. Um, but basically, this is the only way that we can win as we all work together. Nightwing and Hot Girl are not wanting, not liking at all the idea of, uh, of working together with Lex and they take off. They, they say they're gonna, they're gonna, deal with it without him. Um, Lex points out that the Justice League thought they could do that. And uh, he points out that the Justice League thought that they could do that too, but they failed against the Batman who laughs. Dick said it's a good thing that we're not the Justice League. But um, so there's this giant Omega Knight, the Omega Titan Knight, Dark Knight, and they've got to get past that. And um, you know, Marshall Manhunter is flown off to take care of something, but they don't know exactly what it was because he didn't tell anybody what they were doing, what he was doing. Um, but uh, that's when Lex tells us that there's not just the Omega Knight to deal with, but also, and I quote, uh, there is another with powers we all know too well. The Batman who laughs sent one of his most terrifying dark nights to act as a warden, the Mind Hunter. And I'm assuming this is going to be the uh Martian Manhunter version of Batman. And uh Martian Manhunter is a bad guy is indeed a scary concept. Definitely. Plus it looks badass with his like his whole artwork too. The yeah, red with the black or purple, whatever that is, but that's I, nice. I I like the artwork on the costume. Um and you don't really have to see it here, so I can't comment um, so much about what Zermanico would have penciled this as, but the last time that I saw the Mind Hunter, um, his face was also again the only thing that I wasn't a big fan of. The rest of them looked pretty damn cool. So, um, 
bad hunter, martial man hunter, bad guy, martial man hunter. I am definitely all for reading some of that. Bring me some of that. I am good with it. Uh, definitely. I, I just, as long as they don't nerf them and hurt them and wrap it all up in the panel and say, okay, well, boof, you know, um, then I'm, I'm, I'm on board. So uh, I didn't understand why, um, I don't understand why this was a why this was a Justice League book. I don't understand what the purpose of this was when we could have had a couple extra pages thrown into one of the other multiple tie-ins that we've been mm-hmm. buying and and had this shown in much quicker format. Uh I I I don't see a reason for this issue to exist. Not this, one this, this was a Justice League book, and it featured Nightwing and Hot Girl and Bobo, and none of them are on the Justice League. Plus, you, you could easily do this on three, four pages or so, and just add it to the next issue of Death Metal at the end, because like, it didn't really even progress the story at all. We, we just learned this one character that we get at the very end. I, I feel like we didn't really learn anything new. Yeah, Besides, I, um, my answer. Yeah, I, I think the exact same thing, man. Um, uh, no, as far as the art goes, uh, I liked the art. Um, there's he, him, him drawing, him drawing Dick at different ages. Uh, the, there's that page where they're at, uh, Omega, where they showed the, the hap, the splash page of the Omega Knight, uh, on the opposite page of that. They have one panel on top of the other of Dick as a young Robin, and then Dick as Nightwing now. Oh, and yeah. I think that's done great. The Omega Knight <laughs> looks great. Of course, we were talking about the Mindhunter. That looks great. The whole thing is done really well. Um, this big splash with Lex in the front and all of the different parts of you know his current past. Yeah, uh, being you know being with with the lightning separating it. That all looks amazing. The, the the art is great. I I love it. Um, so that's nice, but I just I didn't see a purpose for the book, and I I I feel like we we didn't need it. Not one bit. Nope. This book did not need to exist at all. Like yes, I'm intrigued by the Mega Titan, and of course I think that the Mindhunter looks badass. I hope it's not watered down. I hope we do see him be the badass that we assume he is. But this issue did not need to exist at all. If I was, if I was someone was reading Death Hunter, I was like, just don't pick up this up because nothing, you're not learning anything new. Not much. Yeah, it's a no, waste. Yeah. For, How much it, did you say this was? It's three ninety nine, and it just it doesn't feel like it's worth three ninety nine. And I'm just no. being honest. No offense to, there wasn't anything specifically wrong with the dialogue. Everything was written well, Joshua Williamson. Um, all the art was drawn well, but it was just, it was a pointless and useless comic book. I just, there was, there wasn't a point, point to have it. And because of that, even though the dialogue was well done, even though everybody spoke like, you know, those big, those big points that I look for, I want my characters to sound like themselves. Mm-hmm. I want there to actually be story and I want the art to look good and be something that I can enjoy not distract me from the story and i got that i got that this issue hit it but 
the 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 choices that were made like aging him up a year and a half ish a year year and a half um over the course of a month i mean that's some bendis bullshit don't do that to my books mm-hmm. and, and um i i i just i i can't get past it um everything Thank was done was- well but again it was pointless i'm giving this uh a, a a big fat fail five. This is that is the end of the deal. There, it's it's a big fat fail. I can't I can't rate it less than a five because there was nothing dynamically wrong with the book. Yeah, it was just like I feel like that not was needed to be four dollars wasted. You know, even if it was just twenty three pages or whatever. I mean, there's just not enough. Not enough for if, me. Nothing there. If I was reading Death Metal 3 and then I read this one, I'm like, who is that? Because that is not Nightwing I saw in that issue. That looked nothing like it. I get it. It's a different artist. However, it's just a huge, like a whole different character, it looks like. I'm like, yeah. no. I mean, it His looks like a whole different like, character. And that, that confuses so the much. Shit out of me. I don't exactly. Like, it. So by itself, it's a good issue. However, Speaking of continuity, I enjoy the art, but it just is like did not need to exist. That's the thing that's bugging me so much. Like this book made no sense. We have all these major titans like Dark Metal, um, Trinity Crisis, Guy Book, and whatever this other stuff's called. You can't just throw in a few more pages and this could have been that and those other issues. Yep. Like, even really stuff from Bobo, we learned like. You didn't need to suck from Bobo. Just cut off that part and just add the last half of this book to one of those um other oversized issues. Right. Yeah, I guess that five. Like, I want, I want to give it more, but I just can't. It, it just like the fact that it's just so pointless is what's dragging it down. I, you know, I mean, it's like I'm, I'm at a point because I've been ragging on the Flash a lot lately. Um, but I just like, I'm, I don't, I'm not anti Joshua Williamson because Joshua Williamson has written some great stories. Um, he's not very good at, at, at tying, tying things up, but oh, you know, but, um, he has, he has, he's written some great stories. So I'm, I'm not uh, just a Joshua Williamson hater. Like you could accuse me of being with Bendis. Um, but, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just the, the whole, the, the fact that the, the book is just it's like it's like eating a rice cake you know it's like eating a rice cake it's just which is just like eating a cheeto that doesn't taste good mm-hmm. you know because you can eat three bags of cheetos your brain doesn't realize that yeah. you're eating when you're eating so cheetos good. i mean that's scientific it, it you, you couldn't you can't get full on eating cheetos oh, no, just you would have to so eat bags and bags and bags so and bags good. yeah so I mean, it's just like eating Cheetos. I don't taste good. I don't. I don't. I just don't see a need for it. But anyway, okay. So like, I'm this not is gonna part say. one too. This is part one. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> well, let's go ahead. Um, I'm. I I gave that a five. You gave that a five. Let's go ahead and move on to a no. Let's go ahead and move on to a ten. That's Metal Men number ten. Priced at three ninety nine, written by Dan Didio, with art by Shan, Shane Davis, Michelle Delecki, and Jason Wright, with letters by Travis Lanham. 
In this issue, it's the startling secret of the Nth Metal Man, as Tina Gold and the Nth Metal Man get sucked into the dark multiverse and taken hostage by a mysterious organization. It's up to the rest of the Metal Men and Magnus to risk a one-way ticket there to save them. If the Metal Men don't know that the Dark Multiverse is a result of their deepest, darkest fears come to life, can they even trust the person who has led them straight to this nightmare realm? The Nth Metal Man? Uh, well, this is a, this is, this issue was a little dialogue heavy. It was dialogue necessary heavy. It didn't flood the art. But there was just a lot of talking that started it out. And we've got, um, we've got, Lead, Mercury, and Tin there, and they're with Magnus and oh jeez, what is her? Oh, they said a few times. Um, I think this sounds like an L. Janae. Janae. Yeah, that's Janae is her name, and Janae is there, and they're sitting there talking about how um, uh, Janae actually discovered that. The Nth Middleman didn't really do anything. Um, everything that Will Magnus built and did actually worked. He just didn't actually activate it the way the response meters were supposed to be activated. Um, essentially, he, he didn't turn them on all the way. And his mind's getting blown and, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the Middleman, they're, they're, they're questioning things. It's getting a little existential in there. But um, they're concerned about Tina and Gold, naturally. So they have a uh, they have they have been sitting there discussing the, the, how you know he he was able to how the nth metal band was able to activate it, and that's that's all he was doing was just doing that, and then using them as puppets, make it think that he had more power than he really did. Uh, Janae reminds everybody that, you know, the nth metal is a psychic metal, so it can mess with your emotions, make you feel things you didn't realize, even if it's way, 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 way deep down. And um, then they start focusing again on Teen and Gold, and they talk about making a portal, going into a portal, into the dark multiverse to uh, go where they need to, to get back Teen and Gold. Um, which is what we see next. Tina and go or Tina and Nth Metal Man, excuse me, uh, trapped up in a prison, and uh, it's all steel. She's talking about how thin she can make her body go, and the fact that uh, she can't find any cracks in it whatsoever. And um, come to find out that it's made out of the the room is actually made out of the Dark Metal versus Metal Men's bodies they separate to let them out and talk to them and that was small of them so that was a good that was like a very um creative thing i feel like we don't really see, see much with them like come together to like build a trap yeah and they, i mean i mean they they they'll form things individually and be their own things that will work together but i've never seen them all come together and just all be one giant you know cage for example now, that's not even a cage. That was just like a walled box big enough for people to fit in. But in any case, um, uh, all of this is set up for uh, giving the Dark Multiverse's uh, Nth Metal Man's backstory, which is essentially this. Um, 
the nth metal man was actually the creation of Tina. Uh, she created a robot copy of, of Will Magnus. And, um, you know, from there, there ended up being, you know, he created his own team and the robots pretty much revolted. Uh, one of them named Plutonium decided to express his independence, uh, by killing the real Will Magnus and um, blowing cool. up a whole bunch of shit in a nuclear explosion, it looks like, a plutonium. I mean, it would be an atomic bomb. Um, so the Intimental Man was thrown out into space. The The robot copy of Will Magnus was sent out to space, and he was actually picked up by... Um, the Thanagarians, who used nth metal, their most common metal, to do repairs to him, and it worked on him in a way that it made his his metal body able to experience emotions because of the psychic vibrations that were carried through the nth metal. Um, I think that is an awesome explanation. It makes sense. It didn't take a whole lot of technical shit. Yeah. It didn't take a whole lot of room to explain it. I wish more things could be wrapped up in a pretty little bow like this for me. Oh, yeah. Um, I felt it well, natural, too. Like, it didn't I feel like forced by any means necessarily. Not at all. It was and, nice. It was creative. Yep. I agree. And I I mean, I just, I like I said, I wish I saw it in more of them. But, uh, so, Intimental Man, after um, coming back from Tendagarian, he sees that you know, the world he left is no longer the same. It looks like a war zone. They went crazy because he on his last uh, before he left, when he was worried about, you know, the fight, he said, you know, to, to, to take it all out. And that's exactly what they did. They followed the last order of death to traitors, um, which was the last order that it gave. They interpreted traitors as anybody that would fight against them. So they took out the whole world. And, um, it's it's bad. I mean, it's completely devastated. There's even robots out there running around on tanks and shit. Uh, Plus, they they look like badass in the next um picture. You get yeah, um, the ne- that the next that next five of them behind. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, I couldn't. I can't recognize them from who they were before. No, but um, I mean, we'll have to. I'll have to be reintroduced to their names, but. uh Maybe by next issue or the next issue of that, we'll see them so many more times and we'll see the names repetition. But I do agree that this page, the double slash page, should have at least had the name once again by each of the characters. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, it didn't even have to be big or anything. Um, yeah. So that in that that splash page, it, it is uh, Anthony is right that it is really cool. I really like it. And. um the next one, we see uh, Intimental Man, Tina, and the rest of them walking to where they say that gold is. They get to where that is. Um, gold is kind of like cringily saying, Tina, leave me. Must escape. Oh, no, Gold, what happened? Who did this to you? And Intimental Man says that it's the energy signal is undeniable, but it is plutonium, the one that blew up before. And now he's back looking cooler than ever. And... um it looks as though he uh he's got plans on how to recreate the world. Uh Will Magnus and the Metalmen are about to jump to the dark universe, and when they do, they jump right into Plutonium's hands. Next issue, the the Half Life Ultimatum. It's a little 
radioactive joke. But, um, man, I really liked what they did here. I am seriously bummed out that this is going to stop at number 12. Mm -hmm. I'm really fucking bummed out because we've had some kooky stories from this, but they've always been pretty solid. The art has always been spot on fantastic. And, um, you know, I mean, Didio, he just, he, he, he writes the, he writes the metal men so well, so very well. And I really like what they're doing with the nth metal man. And it would be cool to find out that the response meters, you know, the every, okay. So it's not because of the nth metal man. Now, will Magnus was responsible all along. The nth metal man just turned them on. Well, if they all work together, I mean, the nth metal man could become a part of the, the metal men. And um, I, I I would love to see a story go from there. I hope I'm I mean I'm serious. I fingers crossed. I hope that by by the end of issue twelve, the nth metal man is a good guy and is going home with the rest of everybody. But um, so I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I really like what they did. We're getting a lot of things starting to be tied up. I got explanations explanations that made sense. I got progression, mm-hmm. everything that I'm looking for out of metal ten. I am going to go ahead and give this an 8.5 out of 10. 8.5 out of 10, okay. I, I enjoy the art. As you said before, this is a dialogue-heavy issue. However, it wasn't a boring-to-death dialogue-heavy, which is a good thing. It yeah. cut, kept my um, attention. We introduced not, we introduced not only to, to Nithmail Man's origin story, but we also meet all of his friends, all of the gangs, and I'm not gonna lie, that's that was flash page. I cannot wait to see them in action, just because like I hope they do stick around post um issue twelve because I cannot wait to see where we see them next in the DC comics. Because man, they just look dangerous to mess around with. Hmm. So I'm hoping that they do stick around. We do see, as we said before, hope like they only water them down the next two issues. Hopefully they do maintain the badass rate that we are shown in a double splash page. I um enjoyed how um the Nethamelmer his backstory, as you said, it fit. It was natural. It didn't feel forced, which is unfortunately rare nowadays. And I do like how so is that um uh, is he like the main bad guy of plutonium what would you say yeah i mean from the dark multiverse yeah. yes so i like how like it's coming to a nice fitting closure yeah like, exactly. everything's it's all like... fitting t- together it's just nice it's like a legit maxi s- series that like i'm hoping that they don't screw this up in the next few issues but so far it's nice how it just comes to a nice end no, with a nice no. little bow tie at, at this point, I would be, I would be shocked if, if Didio did not land the, if, if he did not stick the landing on this comic. I would be shocked. And I think I gotta give this eight, eight out of ten. Like, I really, definitely when this comes out, begin both of the volumes as well. This is one that is easily gonna be this at least a few more times. Good issue. How do you recommend this one? All right, and with that, we are going to go ahead and roll on over to Teen Titans number 45 with a price of three ninety nine, written by Robbie Thompson. 
with art by Javier Fernandez, Marcelo Mialo, and Bernard Chang with letters by Rob Lee. After the shocking events of last month's Teen Titans annual, Crush has been named the new leader of the Teen Titans. With Damian Wayne missing, can Crush hold the team together? And now that she's in charge, which villains will Lobo's daughter go after first? And will Red Arrow, Kid Flash, and Roundhouse follow their hot-headed new leader into battle? Um, I was like, <laughs> it, did not even read the issue then, man. I completely forgot that this was going on. Um, but reading that description, I see. I see. I can. I can see you over there laughing at it. It sounds a little silly. Um, the, the idea of Crush re- le- leading the team. Because they kind of like, as they said in the issue, they kind of like disband it. So I'm like, wait. Yeah. And, what? and that gets mentioned several times throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get them, we get, we get them, uh, they're, they're separate, but in pairs. At first it starts out with Red Arrow and Kid Flash. And, um, you know, they're talking to each other about going after whoever hired, you know, investigating the whole hit on them from Deathstroke. And then we flip to Roundhouse and Crush, who are together. And um, they're both, they, they were playing video games that didn't go so well. Crush um, really didn't deal with losing very well. And uh, she smashes his controller on the floor. They get a, uh, Roundhouse mentions that he's got a lead. So Crush is all in on getting ready to go investigate it. And wouldn't you know it, but uh, all four of them show up at the same place. So they start thinking that uh, Robin sent them the messages. They don't know who really did. Uh, but um, all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of stuff rushing at them. And they realize that it's Gizmo. Um, at least they're assuming that it's Gizmo. It's a bunch of tiny little Gizmos. And they are all flying at them. Um, there's hundreds of them, it looks like. Um, all little tiny Gizmo toys flying at them and um we get some crazy art done and I like it. I like this next panel, the action panels that are tilted a little sideways here. Yeah. It looks pretty cool. Um the bleed over from panel to panel on some of them and, and whatnot, it it works really well. But they are uh they're dealing with all these tiny little uh robots and get through them all and then uh there's this big electrical shot that takes them all out all at one time. And from the smoke, we get Red Hood showing up, which, um, see, as far as Javier Fernandez goes, uh, he's kind of hit or miss for me. Um, there's not a whole lot to complain about. I mean, there's just a little bit of a lack of detail throughout the book, but this Red Hood splash of him standing there, um, showing up to say Damien is messing with you. This looks great, man. Um, yeah, I really like that. Talk about a wallpaper. Uh, it, it's great. Now, um, to have Jason Todd just show up to warn them. I mean, I don't know if he see. I don't know if he would necessarily do that. But I mean, then again, it was just weird he, too, like how he was just shown like okay get in the book now okay i think he's just stopping by to let him know hey don't don't go after damien you know this is this is a bad thing 
And I, I mean, if we're honest and we do like real life approach type shit here. Um, if, if, if Damien was off going rogue, yeah. I mean, you would want somebody like Red Hood going after him, you know? Yeah. But in the um, beginning of the issue with both, with the scene with um, Kid Flash and Red Arrow, and then later on with um, Crush and Red House, you see somebody like spying on them. Do you, do you think it was um, Red Hood? Because the shadow looks a bit like Red Hood a little bit. I don't see why he would. Because you see him on the, um, for with Roundhouse and Crush, you see him on the rooftop on the last splash, on the last uh, panel when they're leaving the house. And then for Kid Flash and Red Arrow, you see a figure in yeah, the shadow. You do see a guy in the back there. Dude, I didn't notice that. But yeah, you do. It, that, yeah. You can see a little collar there, and the guy's definitely wearing a jacket. I'm going to say that's probably Red Hood. Just weird if I'm like, I'm hoping that next issue we get a little more clarification on the whole Red Hood situation. So I know in the beginning when the revival started, Red Hood was a little bit part of the like helping Damien with the bad guys, but that kind of died down after like a few issues. So I'm hoping we get like why you're here, well, like what's up. Well, I mean, you take into consideration that Jason and Damien have a love to hate, hate to love each other relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason, like my Jason Todd, would probably take it upon himself to want to take care of it. He's like, he's like, look, no, none of the other Bat family is going to take this shit seriously. They, they are, they, they, they'll risk killing themselves so they don't have to hurt him. See, I feel like you know? Nightwing would though. Because Nightwing, I feel like he always acts like the older brother. I I think I think I, I, Nightwing doesn't kill though. You know what I'm saying? And like mm, if Damien, Damien ever broke bad, I mean that's exactly what you would have to do. Um, but in any case, um, he's not around. They do believe that it is Damien that is toying with them though, and uh, they're all sitting up on the rooftop as the Damien as as Red as Red Hood leaves. And they're talking about whether or not, you know, um, whether or not it was Damien doing that and that they, they're going to go after Gizmo now. Um, Red Arrow is doing some hacking of her own. She's tracked down um, a location where Gizmo likely would be. They walk into the door and there is Gizmo again, but this time he doesn't have tiny little robots. This time he has oh. giant barely fits in a warehouse robots and um you know time to die is what they say uh they're, they're going after it um they take him out relatively fast they start taking him out relatively fast and then the next thing you know a whole bunch more show up saying time to die time to die time to die and out of nowhere you see a bunch of laser blasts and at the bottom, now, who do you think it was at first? I like, did. I I had no clue. I had. Like, is that kid Flash going super fast? So like, what is? Well, happening? I was trying to think. Okay, I was like, the the who who does red energy blasts in DC? And I mean, the only people that I can come up with would be the Super Family, and the only one that I could logically see ever showing up here would be Superman at all out of any of them. Because John Kent, John's in the future, right? Because John's in the future. Um, so um, down at the bottom, 
it says enough i want answers and i'll only ask once flip the page and who is there anthony john who's Wanted, not in the future apparently not in the future apparently and he wants to know where is robin next superboy gets answers so um i could have completely wrapped up the next issue with an additional panel that says um let's say red arrow is the one that the bubble's coming out of it says we don't know he quit being robin and took off on himself and then john kent would go oh okay all right talk to you guys later and that would have been it that would have been it there's no reason to have a whole dedicated issue to this especially for a guy that isn't supposed to be able to travel back and forth through time because the the damn council and the Legion of Superheroes does not like that. Plus, if you can time travel, I don't understand why he, like, that's my issue with time travel. Like, if you can be somewhere, simple. You can be somewhere, go back more to Damien. It's like, I just hate time travel when they mess up. Like, where's that person? Couldn't you have been time travel to that spot before? Like, right. can you just look him up because you're from the future? <laughs> yeah, right? It just is so wonky, like, how it is. And this book has two more issues left, too, which I don't know why it has so much issues because by how the annual went, this show could have been like a, okay, goodbye, guys. I'll see you guys never. Bye. Issue. But yeah, no. And I think it really, I think it really should have been. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I really just, I don't know. I mean, unless they do something phenomenal in the next issue, but that seems like it's just going to be one long, drawn-out thing with a whole lot of dialogue. Yeah, because it ends in November. Right. So, um, all in all, I like that we're moving, I like that we're moving through Mm -hmm. the Titans um, operating and carrying on without Damien. Um, uh, I don't care what the solicitation says. It's not low. It's not uh it's not crush that's leading them. It's, yeah. it's a red arrow, um, which I'm totally fine with. Uh, I don't think crush has leadership skills. <laughs> I mean, she's a, she's not a one bit. Um, you know what? I'm not familiar with her origin. Oh, they introduced, I think in like the, so, so she's love with daughter, but a couple of, um, junkies, they adopted her and, um, yeah, so those her parents. So she's she half has, human then. Um, no clue. They they, they never necessarily who who the mom was. Okay. But yeah, like uh, humans did raise her. She has this like chain that like is like. I mean, like, it comes to her. Yeah, I mean, I've read the, the 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 Teen Titan series. I just I wasn't sure if like maybe I missed something where we got uh, an explanation as to who she is. Because I mean, Lobo was always the baddest mofo mm. in comic books when I grew up. I mean, it was, I and I always loved them, you know? I mean, bestish, you know? I mean, it's fucking space dolphins. Come on, man. I mean, I think that's awesome. So uh, Lobo's awesome. And, you know, the creation of Lobo's daughter, I thought was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I just want to know more about it. So why are we getting a... um why are we getting a Ginny Hicks miniseries that nobody asked for? Um, is the miniseries or is it a one shot? Or maybe it's a maybe it's a one shot. Yeah, but yeah, but still, like it really makes sense because like who doesn't? Uh, I, if 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 it takes someone asking for that, consider that 
I want a one shot or or a three issue mini on Crush. Uh, oh, I think that would be cool, man. Crush and Brown House. Like, that would be nice. Like, these are characters that, honestly, I doubt we'll see them after this book ends, unfortunately. Um, it'd be shocker if we do see see them again, especially at, like, King and Kong, so, um, China, Superman. We had not seen him since his last um, issue and in his book. These characters, once they're gone, you don't really see them again, unfortunately. And these are great characters. Yeah, I'm with you there. And it, that that's a little disappointing. Um, that said, I am going to give this, you know, it's really difficult to, to pick this one, man, because it wasn't a bad story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't get the whole plot device of Superboy showing up. I mean, naturally you would want that, but I don't see how it's possible. And I can guarantee you, we're not going to see that reflected in the Legion. I would, I would just like. Yeah, that my mouth would hit the floor if we got this to tie in with mm-hmm. um, even just a brief acknowledgement. I bet you it'll never happen though. No, not one bit. Uh, but it's uh, right. They do that, and that that's what pisses me off about comics. Uh, but in any case, uh, I'm you know what I'm going to give this a six point five. Um, I just it, there was nothing horribly wrong with it but the, the the ending the dependency on that plot device of jonathan kent with um without paying any attention to what's currently going on in the dc universe uh it that, that just that just knocked the score way down for me um javier fernandez's art for the most part was right on uh it let me down in a few spots uh, the writing, uh, Robbie Thompson. I like Robbie Thompson's writing. Um, yeah, I, uh, I just ultimately this issue just isn't as good as what they have had, and um, you know, we we had a good spin there for for a couple of issues, and um, it was a lot of setup. It was a lot of letdown. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna give it a six point five. Where were you at on it, Anthony? I really are. I enjoyed the dialogue. The the action, um, some of the moments with the characters, but unfortunately, I just got like too many unanswered questions. Which hoping I get more to be answered next issue, but when I, I can only give them a seven. I can't give it any higher. Nothing wrong with that. That's why people love us, right? Because we're mm-hmm. really honest. <laughs> That's the name of the game. That's Honestly, the name when of I I saw I saw a tweet that was mentioned, and I forget what the guy's name is, um, but his his username reflects that he's a very very big fan of Superman, and uh, uh, he had mentioned that um, all he had to do was hear the opening statements of our review from our last issue of Superman, and he was subscribed. And those opening state those opening statements were, and I quote, "This issue is shit," <laughs> and. <laughs> That was the opening quote. That was the opening blurb. That that was the opening summary for that issue, and that's what got him to subscribe. So I mean, that's what you can count on us. I'm not gonna lie. If if it's shit, I'm gonna tell you, don't buy it. You know, exactly. Anthony's the exact same way. We are not robots. We don't kiss ass. All right. And now on to our main event, Detective Comics number. 
1027, a 144-page mega spectacular. Oh, boy. The epic 1,000-issue anniversary since the first appearance of the Dark Knight in Detective Comics. And um, this is not going to take us as long to get through as one might expect. Uh, 144 pages, but um, there's not a lot that fast matters. Read. There, yeah, it was. It, it was yeah. a. It was a fast read, but that's because you could blow through the majority of it. Nothing felt. Yeah. Nothing really felt important. But let's go ahead and get right into it, and we'll let you guys decide. Uh, Detective Comics 1027 has a price tag of $9.99, and it was created by far too many amazing talents to list, including Grant Morrison, Marv Wolfman, Scott Snyder, David Marquez, Dan Mora, Jordi Belair, and Ivan Placencia, plus so very many more. Light the bat signal, because Detective Comics number 1027 is here. In honor of Batman's first appearance in Detective Comics number 27, this special book-sized celebration brings you the biggest name in comics as they chronicle the most epic Batman adventures Gotham City and the DC Universe have ever seen. I don't know about all that. The world's greatest, <laughs> the world's greatest detective has a mountain of cases to crack. Who murdered Gotham's most corrupt police officer? What does the Joker's annual visit mean for Bruce Wayne? And most importantly... What Wayne Tech mystery will sow the seeds of the next epic Batman event? All this and more await you within the pages of the biggest Batman issue of them all. Um, oh. yeah, that that that's one word to sum up the entirety of this. Um, so our very first uh story here, because that's all this is, is a big compendium of the story. Twelve stories. And um the first one is uh Batman um being held hostage, trying to figure out who did it. He runs through all of the possible suspects yeah. and um says that you know you, you pay attention to the tiniest of clues, no matter what it is, and he goes through everybody that would typically go after him and he um he he lands on this guy Balsam, this random dude, and uh, he heard a sneeze from before. He heard a sneeze now when he comes back to check check in on him, uh, and uh, the guy sneezes again. Batman nabs his criminal. That's the end of the story. Um, drawn good, drawn phenomenally well. Uh, other than somehow um, good, but then this, went dead. Him, I feel like Harley looks like she's like 14 but other than that I mean and I, the Joker's face looks very odd here um super wrinkly but other than that I mean the story wasn't much I enjoyed the art didn't like I, did, I just I didn't get anything out of the story which sucks because I'm a big Tomas mm -hmm. fan um I'll cast up a little bit of the detective aspect in like beginning where it was like the smells of the aftershave the blood but then just the ending i felt fell flat for me yeah, me too it was like it, it, it definitely should have been something else yeah it's not um, good and it was it was it was yeah it was headed in the right direction but 
but I think you're right. Ultimately, it just fell flat. Mm-hmm. Um, the next story is uh, everybody in the Bat family showing up at the top of a on a rooftop, surrounded by much larger buildings, and this cop is dead. Um, everybody's showing up there. Batman or Batgirl, Red Robin. Spoiler, uh, Nightwing, Damien is here for some reason, and that makes no sense to me. Well, see, because this, this is like an anthology, I just assume that most of these stories are um, out of continuity unless if they end with uh, to be continued in this upcoming book. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, that just, ah, uh, geez. Because um, even if Maybe, I feel like ma- costume is like, but, like his beginning of the rebirth costume yeah that's um, true Batgirl Batgirl has a beginning so it does yeah okay so the art does date it so that does work for me okay okay I'll forgive that um because I mean that would explain why Tim Drake is still Red Robin and Damien's there and yep okay I'll give you that man you're right thanks Anthony anytime um so they're there and Batman has pulled them all together to try and figure out what it is. There's a whole lot of, I mean, you can't call it anything other than Bendis dialogue where it's like, Mm. for me, for you, for me, for you, for me, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's just back and forth and it's absolute. It's he turned, it turns the bat family into a bunch of babbling, idiotic teenagers. And that's one it, thing I hate about this about this story was just it had best dialogue in it, which like I enjoy the story, but not the dialogue aspect of it. I you just know, didn't, like, I'm the same song dialogue. I'm right there with you, which it really bugs me because David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez um working together, that's a that's a that's a, one of my mm-hmm. favorite art teams on DC. I love to see them work together. And to have it ruined by 158,000 word bubbles in seven pages just kind of bums me out a little bit. But in any case, that's that's what it is. It's a whole bunch of writing all over the place. So we come to find out that this detective was, a you know, he's a crooked cop. Spoiler knew that. Um, Tim Drake could smell that it was Killer Croc, but no one would listen to him. Everybody's still trying to do detective work. Um, which I do like how like this is called Detective Comics, and that's what they're all doing. They're all doing like detective work, and and I can appreciate that. Again, that's a part of the story that I do like. Again, I I I never have much of a a problem with the general ideas of the stories that Bendis does. It's just his execution of those stories. His ideas are great. He just needs someone else to write them for him. Um. So yeah, that's what that's where we're at. We've got them all doing detective work, and everybody's acting like they should. You know, Jason's like, you know, um, but it's in a very generic way. Yeah. And whenever like um, Tim Drake and Damien are used for humor, um, Batgirl really doesn't do anything. Uh, it's it's just real disappointing, and um. So they, they, they track it down. The cop has this old lady, the or ex, uh, he was trying to serve her this warrant. Um, he was trying to blackmail her. Turns out, uh, when Killer Croc went to go, that's his, that's the girl, that's the cop's ex-wife's new boyfriend is Killer Croc. Um, 
So she went from corrupt cop to to killer croc, which I I don't know. There's something about the way that that sounds that makes me laugh. But um, uh, killer croc went to confront the cop, and he died from a heart attack, and that's how the guy died. Uh, that's just so odd. Like you you live in Gotham, but yet you get scared because of killer croc. But right, I mean, you, you, by, I mean, if he's been around for that long, you'd think that he'd have to have seen fireworks by now. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like, come on, like. But uh, we we wrap it all up with Batman looking at them and saying, "You're a fine bunch of detectives, each and every one of you," which I thought was incredibly fucking corny. Oh, without um, doubt. Yeah, though. Batman is the one that doesn't sound like himself at all. Um, spoiler sounds like spoiler. Red Hood generically sounds like Red Hood. And every Batgirl doesn't talk. The Robins are used for humor. And Nightwing is the only one that says anything smart. Uh, other than spoiler. Nightwing is spoiler. So Batman sounds like an imposter. Everybody else is inconsequential. And Nightwing and Spoiler pretty much carry this story. That's that's how this one wraps up. Have you read his um? Oh, what's the other? Like he's on like a digital only Batman book. Who? I um. Ben is on like. Uh, I forgot what the book is called. Maybe Gotham Knights or something. He's on some sort of Batman digital book. No, but no, I hear it gets good that. reviews. Well, yeah, but you know what? People give Superman and Action Comics good reviews, too, and it's not my fault that their moms drop them on their head. That's not... (laughs) You... Oh, I get so worked up about the Bendis and Superman shit because he has completely ruined my one of my top five superheroes. He shouldn't be on both books. He shouldn't be on both books. books and, and, And I'm sorry, but just like with Tom King, just like with Joshua Williamson on The Flash, Tom King's Batman, um, if you are going on a run and you are fucking it up, you should be pulled off of that line. I don't care oh, no, what no. contracts say. If you aren't doing anything or you're like, hey, this is a great story, but let's not pay attention to that and then have something else stupid happen. And then, hey, this is a great story, but let's not pay attention to that. Hey, let's pay attention to those things that we forgot to in those last two story arcs, but we're going to change a bunch of details about it. That That drives me absolutely bonkers. And that is Bendis in a nutshell. Are you doing, um, is it just costing money at DC? That's all you're doing. It's sad. Um, mm-hmm. But before I go and rag on Bendis any further, let's see if I can get away from that by flipping to the next story. And this one is a simple one about um, the Joker force. Of, all, uh, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, um, once a month, every single month, since Joker and him started tangling, uh the Joker gives him a birthday present and Batman freaks out about what it is because one, one year, years later, um, after they've, it's a uh, year 15 and, um, you know, year 17, year 22. That's what it is. It's in year 22, month four, uh, April. So, um, it says, give me my birthday present because the Joker never showed up with one and they were ch- checking everywhere to try and find it. Couldn't find it. Turns out that Joker shows up and says, don't you get it? It's me. We're, uh, we'll, we'll never get away. 
and we're going to be doing this forever. Um, heavily playing off the Dark Knight vibes. Um, though it's not drawn like the Dark Knight, it is very, very cartoony, but almost in a Beatles way, like Batman the Animated Series way. Uh, yeah. but, but, but updated. Um, I really like it. It looks cool. Anybody that's a regular listener of the podcast knows that I don't usually like the cartoony looking, um, uh, animation in, in comic books, but, when it's done right, it's hard to argue with it. And this was done right. So I did enjoy the art. Uh, the story is just, I don't get it. I mean, why all of a sudden? I mean, I guess it seems inconsequential. It's not that important to have um, a backstory to this. So, I mean, all in all, it wasn't that bad. Um, uh, it's weird to have, like, something this big right now because I'm because I feel like this means that in the future they have to do story like an issue about this as well yeah I think that this probably is going to get left in the dark I mean I don't yeah, think it's going to go forward with it but um something this big because you kind of like change a little bit of the mythos you kind of like add to the mythos of law by saying once a month every month Joker attacks now, yeah, well, we don't know what's going to happen Joker, after Joker War. Then what happens to the Joker attacks? I'm curious if we're even going to have a Joker after Joker War. But, um, <sighs> alright, so this, ultimately, um, Matt Fraction did, I guess it's an okay job for something, as long as we just look at it and we can take it as just a little side story. But, um, it's just, it's not presented like that, you know? It's presented almost like well, hell, it looks like Batman the Animated Series, and there's so many people who would look at this and just just based off of that almost consider it canon, and it just doesn't work into anything we've ever really seen before. It's it's not bad though. I mean, I I can appreciate the story. Um, well, the definitely, next... go, go definitely ahead. The art took a little bit of like not so like um past movies and TV shows because year three month nine it definitely does look um like the Joker is the uh, um, um, Batman 89 Joker followed by year 4 month 2 you have um, Batman swimming to the Teen Titans all of them look like the Teen Titans from the TV show mm-hmm. um, and you even see like a suicide um, Easter egg with like Joker is like electrifying somebody just the same way as he did in the movie so that he definitely took some nods from past movies and TV shows which are for the anthology celebration issues, I like that. I just hope we don't see that in like the future issues, like the main continuity issues. But for like a fun, let's celebrate issue, I do um enjoy that when they take yeah. nods from the mythos. Well, yeah, from the yeah. Let's, let, yeah, let's keep it out of the mythos. This doesn't need to be a thing. And also, again, yeah, I'm with you on that animation as well. It definitely... It's great to see if it's done like this. It's great to mm-hmm. see um, in a side issue, but it's it's got no place in in the main one series. No. Going on to the next story, we have a generic story about um, a young black woman who is going to be a cop in the Gotham City Police Department. She applies. She goes through it. She learns, um, you know, how to be a cop, but she also learns how to be a cop in Gotham. Um, 
it's really crooked and she's doing everything in her power to keep her nose clean uh even when it means dealing stuff with dealing with stuff like having a dead rat in her locker um it doesn't do much for conversation because the whole thing is narrated by the by the cop um, yeah, but she uh, she keeps her head up. She keeps her nose clean. And she says, um, you know, basically she says, you know, as long as you keep through it, you barrel through all the black and the darkness and and, all you know, all the evil that's out there, you know, you all the corruption, you keep your nose up, you keep your eye on the prize. And eventually you'll find that there 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 are others out there like you. And I believe um, we see her uh, talking to what looks like uh, Chief and uh um I'm, who i'm going to assume is renee montoya there or maybe it's just a couple of generic detectives but um that would you know if that was renee montoya it would tie into uh you know legitimate policing yeah uh, so um she keeps her she keeps her head up and uh go uh gordon takes notice of her thinks that she would be a good fit for the major crimes uh, unit because she's got a lot of potential. Um, so uh, nothing about Batman in this whatsoever. It is a Gotham story. And that's, you know what? I don't mind that because uh, everything doesn't have to be Batman. But at the same time, I'm a little confused. And I can apply this overall to every story in this book. I'm a little confused that, it wasn't more traditional Batman detective comics stories mm. that we got. Instead, it was just shit that was kind of sprinkled all over the place, you know? Also, I feel like, again, it's called Detective Comics 1027, celebration of Detective Comics. So I feel as if the main focus on all the stories should be detective work. I didn't feel any kind of detective work at all from this story. And that's why I looked at towards each of the uh, each of these stories. Like, how do I feel? Do I get the detective aspect of it? Just like, wow, you know what? This business was a great job at being at like a detective work. No, not of the story at all. Mm -mm. And um, I'm gonna be upfront with y'all. And uh, again, anybody that's a long time listener is not going to uh, not going to be surprised. But the following story is total crap. Um, oh. ghost story. You don't love the artwork. Riley Rosmo is it I, the frequency at which I am exposed to his bullshit is slowly driving me mad. Even with Tynan writing um this goofy novel, they're not novel, but this goofy um novel comic, it just it's um. It's inconsequential. I think, you know, if, if Tynan is writing something, this should have been a tie-in. You know, I, that would have been nice. But then at the same time, I mean, what if he was... I mean, how much input does he have over who he gets to draw his uh, comics? You know, because uh, for Christ's sakes, I'm starting to think that Riley Rosmo is just kept around to draw some random story in all of the mm -hmm. specials just to piss me off. It seems like it is, man. Some of the this all work. Like I don't. I know. It. Like there's dead man on work. Is dead man's like I thought. For example, there's like plastic man with how his body is like shift, like like I mean, shaping. 
he looks like Dead Man just a couple pages in. Looks like a goofy 1960s Hanna Barbera cartoon there. I mean, all of it does. And okay, so the jo- the the story is basically this: Batman and Robin are there. Robin is scared of ghosts. Batman had a story one time when he was a kid. He he uh stayed up and watched scary movies with his dad. His mom said, "Well, don't worry, honey. After we die, we'll be ghosts too." And now Batman's not scared of us. And Bed- Dead Man is like, dude, uh, dude, are, are you sure you're not scared of ghosts? Because that's kind of freaking me out that you're not scared of ghosts. And Robin's like, yeah, he's not scared of ghosts, but I'm scared of ghosts. And Dead Man's like, okay, whatever, dude. End of story. That's the story. Did um, um Batman do the artwork for Martian Manhunter? Yes, he did. Oh, he... That last Martian Manhunter series. And because of him, to be I honest with you, it. I couldn't finish it either just because of how crappy that artwork was. It was. And I love Martian Manhunter. And it's not often. I mean, it was before I started doing the podcast. But even then, it's not often that I get pushed off a book just because of what it looks mm. like. But I can tell you that honest, this is straight up. And I don't care whose feelings get hurt. If it wasn't for podcasts, if it wasn't for me reviewing the books, I would skip every single Riley Rosmo everything. If Riley Rosmo went on to do death metal for the rest of the series, I would stop fucking covering it. I am dead serious. I would not do it anymore. Hey, I don't blame because some of this all work with like people with Batman, like as he's like swinging through the air, his face, like you can see where his eyes is. But then his mouth is just one straight line. It's very, very thin-ish. And his nose is another straight line as well. Like, yes, I don't... Uh, what are you drawing? I can't figure it out. He's got... Yeah, and that, the, you're talking about in the last panel there where he's. it looks like he's got two eyes and two mouths. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's He's halfway to the... Oh, wow. I just saw that one. Oh, that was... <laughs> it's almost as bad as that one. Yes. I just, I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't, I don't understand what the appeal, maybe he's just super cheap. I don't know. Maybe he works for free. I guess so. Cause man, his artwork is not one we should be applauding. Nope, not at all. And okay, so going on to move to something else, another artist that I'm not very fond of, John Romita Jr., who doesn't do quite as horrible a job as I've seen him do, but we still have everyone having um, hello whiskers and uh, wrinkles on their face and looking very, very cavemanish. Um, this is about Bruce Wayne meeting a guy named Mr. Steele out in the middle of the rain and um, him not being intimidated by Steele, um, basically showing that, hey, you know, it's because he's Batman and uh, he was out there talking to Steele uh, undercover. The artwork is meh the story the story wasn't bad the story wasn't bad it was cool for a little side story it was unnecessary but it was cool for a little side story and i mean it's jar jar drawing so i mean it's not as bad as riley rosmo but it's the next one there um that's the end of it man uh, he was uh bruce wayne was wiretapped and he helped them arrest mr steel and that's the end of that story. Very fast read too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that one was pretty fast, but I mean, again, it didn't have much to it. 
Ah. Um, most, the of them, most of the, them don't, too. No, most of them don't. This next one was uh, just as goofy, too. Now, I like the sepia tone drawing here, but the stuff that we saw in Catwoman was far better. Although I do appreciate the detail. Um, but this is a story about um, the Odyssey, and this is a bunch of art that uh, they thought that the um, in Fabergé eggs and, and stuff that um, Thomas Wayne's dad had, had had been driving or whatever. And in any case, uh, flashing to modern times, uh, Bruce Wayne is on this reality show or podcast YouTube channel, something or other, and they're going looking for him. Turns out one of the guys are a bad guy, Batman, um, shows up to save the day and that settles that one hmm. the art was done pretty good um that was emanuela lapatino and bill slinkwitz with Jordy belair doing the colors who's always good and um marv wolfman did the script now the, the the story i i really enjoyed the art was good um i won't say i really enjoyed the story but it was a good little side story and it felt kind of like a batman detective comics story yeah um so i liked it i uh this so far this is probably my favorite one oh the art was it was good um but once things got going i got more intrigued and i once i liked it good halfway through the story once like batman or Less than halfway through, um, what Batman like turned down the offer of going with them. That's when like, okay, let's see what's happening, and we see like the attacks, the fighting. It started off slow for me, basically. Yeah. Uh, speaking of starting off slow, or maybe even not starting off at all, the next story shows up. This one is called the Silver Ghost, and it is about um, it's called uh, Detective Number Twenty Six. And I'm assuming that's a play on, you know, right before Batman showed up in Detective Number 27. So um, it features a guy named the Silver Ghost who's finally getting everything that he needs together to be able to go out there and fight crime in his city because somebody needs to. So he's got these little things that he's trying to throw together and, you know, it's cobbling, but he's 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 doing it. And because um, he's like, if, if, if I don't do it, who will? You know, and then batman shows up and he says guess that answers that question so he says shove it gotham that's the last time i ever make the bow and that's the end of that story um again this was another story that i enjoyed um and to be honest with you the the character is kind of cool yeah and i would i wouldn't mind seeing Maybe, uh, you know, if anybody out there is listening, I think it would be kind of cool if the Silver Ghost teamed up with the JSA. He would have fit the whole, yeah. I wish like, we at least saw some more of him throughout this, like a little um, story. I wish this story was a little bit longer. Me too, because I mean, it was a character that I enjoyed, even without. Even well, without you can get rid of the next story and just combine that pages with to add to this story. Yeah, even without Batman being predominantly featured, just just carrying through with the way that it was written and the art done, for, which was pretty decent. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, I I enjoyed that one. Uh, then we go on to the next story, 
And this story is the uh, this is the one that's written by Tom King, um, and it features um, Batman dying. So, it kind of just follows his annual issue two, yeah, showing him like how he did die. Because yeah. annual two showed him dying, this shows him why he did. And why he did was because he tangled a little too long with Doctor Phosphorus, who. Gave him radiation poisoning and eventually cancer. Um, and we see uh, somebody, I'm assuming that's Catwoman, because there's a black yeah. cat in the background holding his hand as, as you know, he's laying in bed. I mean, he's smiling. He's happy. Catwoman doesn't seem happy, but, you know, <laughs> she's the one losing somebody. And then we see what looks like, you know, him, him passing away. And this whole time we're getting narration about how awesome uh, Mr. Phosphorus is going to be because he's the one that killed Batman. None of the big A-listers, nobody could do it but him. And uh, that, I mean, that, that's what that's what that story was. And uh, if, I feel as if like this was not one of his better. I feel like he he just wanted like a piggyback tale on his Batman run. I thought yep. he should have done something a little bit better than this. Like, oh, great, you tell me why he died. Okay, that's, I didn't care at all before. That's not, how, that's not how Tom King operates, man. Tom King, if Tom King took a break from Batman, and let's say in another four months, let's say he comes back to Batman, um, you know, and my fingers crossed that never happens. <laughs> but in the event that that did, I can almost guarantee you that he would completely forsake and forget everything that happened since his last run i I could i could absolutely guarantee that man so it's just it's just the way that he operates man and yeah i'm not a not a big fan of that not a big fan of that at all Uh, moving past tom king though because i am so so very glad that we ever did uh we get the next one and that one's written by scott snyder titled as always and this is this is just a sh- short little story saying that that basically and uh before I talk about the story uh this art this art is awesome um I'm going to go back to the credits page real quick just to see who it was that drew, drew it oh Ivan Reyes and uh, uh Ivan Reyes Joe Prado that did the pencils and inks and Marcelo Malo did the colors um fucking stellar job guys i mean really it was fantastic um but it's a it's it's a short story about um i think under under though it's it's about batman never giving up and always in knowing that even even if it's just from the bat signal there's gonna be a light on um you know and that he's always gonna be there um I think that's essentially what happened really that what really is going on in this story here because uh, it's it's just heavily narrated and there's not much of a story at all that's really working here it's just them introducing the concept of a black rooster which is a crazy night and um, you know Did he bring the sun back or what was exactly happening with the sun because like, that didn't ever get like full yeah during this particular yeah i don't know i'm assuming so um certainly 
he wouldn't have called up Jim and said, I've got it taken care of. We don't need the sun anymore. We can heat everything with the bat signal. So I'm assuming that, you know, that it was taken care of. Uh, and then the last one is Generations Fractured with Dan Jurgens no, writing. Second to last. Second to last. Yeah. My bad. Generations Fractured uh, with uh, writer and artist Dan Jurgens. And this was cool. I I enjoyed this. Uh, it was cool seeing a very modern spin on the old style of drawing Batman. And the, the story opens up on Halloween, Halloween night. And he's talking about how there's always... There's 31 monsters that he always has to take out on on October 31st, and we get to see him with the Universal monsters here: Count mm-hmm. Dracula, Werewolf, Frankenstein's monster, and the Mummy. And uh, you know he's taking them out. He's got to fight them. And uh, who's doing all of this? But uh, Julian Day, the Calendar Man, and he's dressed like Phantom of the Opera, so that fits into the monster motif. He started the uh, the museum on fire, and that's where this little heist was occurring and uh he's got suppressant capsules but they don't do much and um he goes to put out the uh he goes to put out the fire and all of a sudden this light bursts out and then this this on this next page we get this little multicolored fracturing uh um half page splash and i almost for some reason it's reminding me of brightest day I guess yeah, a little bit with how the lights going probably. But I think I th- I, th- I really enjoy the art. I think it's cool. Um, and we we see like Batman drawn a whole bunch of different ways, five four or five different ways here, and then we see him down at the very bottom, and we've got the original Batman um, after Bill Finger helped out with designing him um, show up and. Uh, the time has changed. Uh, that portrait before they teleported said that the gallery donated, the gallery was donated by Dr. Thomas and Martha Wayne in 1985. And now it says that it was donated by Dr. Thomas and Martha Wayne in 1915. So he has gone way back in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm confused why it says 1915 and not 1945, which would, or, or that era, which would have been appropriate for this, the, you know, the way that the source material where they, these comics came from. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, we see some lightning going on in the back and, and, um, blonde kids show up with a gold glove. And just from DC knowledge, we can tell that this is Skeets, which is Booster Gold's, uh, flying disc AI time traveling machine buddy and he's apparently been turned into a glove and he is uh he's um he's like not a glove what do you call that a gauntlet I guess it goes all the way up to his elbow but um he's wearing skeets like that and um a modern belt which is odd for commandy and that's who it is um but uh, Batman doesn't know any of this stuff. This is back when Batman first started out. Mm-hmm. Skeets is trying to explain that to him. But um, he convinces Batman to go with him to wherever the next place or year to get the team together. And um, extra, extra, Poland falls to Germany. Hitler takes Poland, which never happened. 
So, um, you know, obviously something changed there in the timeline, and we're going to need to get all of this straightened out coming up in the generations. Future state. Yeah, generations, future state number one. And I believe there's going to be quite a few generations one-shots that are coming out that we'll be looking at. Um, and that's how this one ends. Um, the final story written by uh, Mariko Tamaki and uh, by Dan Mora. Um, it was... Uh, Is this a tie into Jabawa? If it's supposed to be. I mean, it, it, it... Okay, so he's got the Black Case book. So here's just going off of solicits and what I've heard, because I do try to avoid it, but I mean, it's almost impossible, yeah. right? So I do know that coming up, we're going to have Damien coming back to the Batman fold. I don't know what in what capacity. But I do know that Damien has stolen some of the the pages out of the Black Case book, which is oh. featured here. And it's dated Joker War Day 3. And uh, I mean, there's really not much to, to the story, really, here. Uh, See, I wish it didn't say Joker War Day 3, because it makes no... It just is... I mean, it, it I gives it a day to, to why he's sitting there in a motel, you know, because he he doesn't have Wayne Manor, he doesn't have any money. So I, I can, guess. I can, I can, I can get that. I can get the scenery. I don't like the art style. That kind of broody pinks and purples kind of stuff. I'd love to see in a Catwoman book, but I don't like it in a Batman book. If that makes sense, it, it, it just should be, is like it's so should, weird. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think it should it should be in the darker um, hmm. tones, darker, so. the, the darker tones. Yeah, I mean, this is a little bit too bright and shiny, more like a a, a, a Catwoman book than, than a Batman book. In any case, um, it, all of this is uh, the story is about um, faith and, and you know what Batman believes in and. Uh, uh, Batman investigating a crime scene in here, and two cops walk in. It, it explodes all over the place. Uh, so I mean, he's he's. It's just it's just an inconsequential night mission that Batman does. But the fact that it's tied to the Black Case book, I have a feeling that something in this story is going to be tied back to after Damien comes back. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so too. That, that's, so Charlie, that's, that's where I'm at. Black book. Yeah. And oh, wait, uh, what would you give the uh, what would what would you give this one? All in so, all, I think I'll give it a. I'm in between a five one five and a six. I'm going with a five point seven five. I enjoyed some of the stories. However, I didn't get the full detective comics, detective aspect feel of detective comics. Um, I enjoyed some of the art. I felt as if this could have been a little more, this is time to have fun, show you a detective side. And I got that from a couple, not all, not most, only a couple stories. Yep, I'm I'm right there with you, man. Um, the things that upset me were that okay, we got generations 
uh, fractured here, which is going to set some things up. We've got a tiny, tiny, tiny little possible Joker War tie-in, post-Joker War tie-in. But other than that, we had a couple good stories and not much else. Um, the art in half of it was real good. The other half made me sad. Uh, some of the uh, some of the stories were okay, but then the other ones were just bad. And even some of the ones that were good that were over dialogued or Bendis dialogued mm-hmm. to death. Um, we had. Two good detective slash cop slash noir type stories going on here, and neither one of them finished Batman. This is uh, featured Batman, excuse me, and this is supposed to be the celebration of the thousandth appearance of Batman in Detective Comics. So that's kind of odd. Um, it just I feel like okay for a ten dollar cash grab, man. I mean, DC is never going to stop doing it. Just make it worth it. Exactly. You know, this this wasn't worth it to me. I mean, not got, one bit. If going into it, like if it wasn't shrink wrapped and everything, and I flipped through this book before I went to pick it up, there's absolutely no way that I would ever hand over ten dollars for it. No. I enjoy my Tech Comics thousand instead of my best of ten and twenty seven a lot more because like this is not worth ten bucks, which is a shame. And no offense to it, the times that we live in right now with the whole pandemic, a lot of people don't have money to spend. So they now they're thinking more wisely on what they're spending the money on. So you want to make it worth the price. Yep. Uh, I couldn't agree more, man. So get your shit together, man. You hear me, <laughs> DC? <laughs> All right, well, that about sums everything up, and that's the show. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, you can feel free to reach out and contact us at any time. We'd love to talk to you guys. Visit our website at notarobotpodcast.com forward slash links, L-I-N-K-S, to find us on your favorite podcast platform and contact us. You can also get us our, our, our podcast platforms at campsite.bio forward slash notarobot. Uh, you go to notarobotpodcast.com. You can link up with our social media. Subscribe to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash notarobot. And we will have more and more content over there as the show goes on. You can write us show mail, and we can respond and will respond to that right on the show. Uh, just visit our website. You can access it all from there. That's notarobotpodcast.com. Remember, by joining our Patreon, you not only get access to extra content, but you also get it released before it's released anywhere else thanks again to the weird science podcast crew for helping us get our foot in the door here and a couple of other ones out there too Uh, until next time be good to each other and don't be a robot Domo Arigato, Mr. Robot, Domo